Welcome to the United Nations Career Journey Podcast, where we interview colleagues working for the United Nations all around the world. Our conversations explore their fascinating career paths, what career satisfaction means to them, and how they keep learning and developing on the job. My name is Petra, and today our conversation is with Lauren McWilliams, who is joining us from Ethiopia and works at UN Women, which is an agency in the UN system focused on gender equality and empowerment of girls and women. Welcome to the Career Journey podcast, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining us, and it's a real pleasure to have you as a guest speaker on the podcast today. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So would you like to briefly introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Yes, so my name is Lauren McWilliams and I work for UN Women uh, in Ethiopia and I work as a program specialist for gender in humanitarian action. Um, so really focusing on better addressing uh, the needs of women and girls in crisis affected communities across the country um, and doing that in a more coordinated way across the humanitarian architecture um, that exists. And uh, how did you become interested in this uh, field of work? So I think I've always um, had a strong sense of, of injustice um, and, you know, inequalities that I saw around me throughout life um, always made me feel very frustrated. Um, so I knew from a young age that I wanted to work uh, in an organization that was trying to make a positive change uh, and promote equalities um, in various ways. Um, my humanitarian career actually started working with NGOs. And then previously, I was working with OCHA, also in Ethiopia. And while it really uh, enhanced my understanding of the humanitarian architecture and, you know, different steps in the processes of a humanitarian response, um, I saw that there were still huge gaps when it comes to taking into consideration the needs of women and girls and also the, the needs of women and girls in their various, uh, you know, diversities. We sometimes just say women and girls as if they're one group, um, but obviously there are huge differences among us. And so in as I, as I got to know more about the humanitarian system, I also saw the gaps, you know, in terms of funding. Um, there's also a gender funding myth, which is spoken about a lot that, you know, in, enhancing gender and humanitarian programming will just happen without dedicated resources and funding, which unfortunately is not the case. Um, and there are huge funding gaps in terms of targeted programming for women and girls as well. Um, globally, only around 39% um, of the funding requests are covered for targeted interventions. Uh, and also I've noticed in the way that we program, you know, the, the analysis that we base our programming on sometimes isn't detailed enough and really considers the different needs but also the capacities and coping mechanisms of, of different women and girls affected by crisis. And um, we need that to inform more targeted programming and, and recovery. So that's how I got into it. And that's also um, what inspired me to make a move from OCHA to, to UN Women to really focus, um, <laughs> to try and, try and lessen these gaps. But also I realized I was very passionate about it um, as I was seeing the, these limitations and wanted to put my efforts into trying to make improvements no matter how small they are. Thank you for this introduction. It sounds really great that, you know, to recognize these, these gaps and that's what uh, inspired you to go to work in this field. 
I'd like to ask you, uh, how does an average day or week in your job look like? Because we have those formal titles, uh, job titles, but uh, what kind of projects are you working on? What kind of issues are you working with? <laughs> an average day or week? Um, I don't think that quite exists. <laughs> but yeah, what I work on, so... As I mentioned, I'm a program specialist for gender and humanitarian action. Um, so really, the core of that is to try and, um, you know, implement and also advocate for gender equality programming, um, you know, to, to further facilitate equal access to and participation in humanitarian services by, by all different members of affected communities, including women and girls. <clears throat> And within that, there is the, um, you know, the gender mainstreaming, which is uh, often used in the humanitarian in the humanitarian world, but really means that we're reflecting throughout our programming and policies on the impact um, that they have on women and girls, um, as well as men and boys. Uh, and then we also have our targeted actions, which are, you know, based on, on the analysis that we have, what do we need to do? Um, to address the specific needs that women and girls face in, in crisis situations um, to produce more quality outcomes. So based on that, I manage several different projects. Currently, I manage um, five projects at UN Women. Um, one of them is focused on the, um, the response to the Northern Ethiopia conflict um, and you know, facilitating meaningful access for GBV survivors and women and girls at risk of GBV um, to the essential services they need, as well as access to justice. And then um, a key focus that we have at UN Women is also um, in line with the localization agenda to really bring local actors um, to the table and increase their participation and leadership in humanitarian uh, response. So our focus is specifically on local women-led organizations and women rights organizations. Um, so through this project, we also work um, to implement our interventions with them directly. And I also manage... Uh, a big uh, global level project that focuses on um, localized gender accountability in humanitarian crises. So that really focuses on strengthening the capacities of local women and women's organizations through, through different ways, uh, through trainings, but also setting up uh, networks to improve their coordination, uh, you know, policy dialogues with UN agencies and clusters to really try and bridge uh, those gaps. <clears throat> Uh, and learning from from them, um, what what do they think they need? What are they seeing as their problems um, as based in the community? How do they think they can respond? And what do they actually need from us as UN agencies? And what advocacy do they need us to make to donors um, so that they can actually better respond to the needs of women and girls in their own communities? Um, and then we have a few projects that focus on the, the UN coordination on gender mainstreaming, as well as protection of sexual exploitation and abuse. <laughs> so they're the projects I work on, and then I do uh, pretty much everything <laughs> that's required to, to manage them, from financial management to reporting, to implementation, monitoring and evaluation, providing technical support to our implementing partners. Um, yeah, so it's, it's full on, it's never a dull day, but um, 
yeah, as I said, I, I believe so much in what we're trying to do that, um, you know, it gives you the motivation to, to try and balance all of those different, uh, different priorities and different, different components of the work that we have. Thank you for sharing this uh, with our listeners. I think it's very important to highlight these uh, initiatives and projects. You mentioned that you're managing different projects, and uh, I'm sure it takes a lot of different skills and competencies to be able to do that. So um, what skills or traits uh, would you say are essential for someone working in a role like yours? So I think, um, yeah, coordination uh, and communication are key. Um, you know, managing projects in an emergency response um, requires daily interactions with, with different stakeholders, including implementing partners, which, you know, can be local women's organizations who, um, you know, have a different experience. They're not as um, haven't previously been as engaged in in the coordinated humanitarian response um, within the existing architecture. You have to coordinate with donors, with other UN partners. Um, yeah, so I think being able to coordinate and communicate clearly what you need and, um, you know, facilitate the needs of the different partners to, to each other to streamline uh, the response is key. Um, and with that comes also the component of relationship management. Uh, you know, we get a lot of requests on a daily basis and sometimes it's impossible to respond um, you know, fully to all of them within the within the tight deadlines. So it's also about managing those relationships and clearly communicating um, why there may be delays or, you know, why something might not work and come up with counter suggestions. I think um, it's also important to be able to um, think a bit creatively about problem solving. Um, every day new issues arise. Every day brings new challenges. Um, with it and because we're working in a humanitarian context we don't have um, the luxury of time so it's about thinking quickly uh, and practically how we can um, you know get around the, the new challenges or problems faced and then finally mm, I think it's important to be organized and, and plan your work but have to remain uh, flexible and be able to prioritize. Um, you know, sometimes I make very neat to-do lists at the start of a day or the start of a week. And then <laughs> 6 p.m. comes around and I see I've barely done anything, even though I've worked hard all day. So <laughs> I think it is um, knowing what you need to do, but also being able to prioritize in terms of, um, you know, what impact will it have if there's a delay to this, you know, this bit of work? Will it, uh, can it wait <laughs> or does it need to be prioritized given um, the other things that come up? So I would say there's some of the key skills that I would say you need or I've found useful um, in this role. This is great. Uh, and I believe that a lot of these skills and competencies are very transferable and applicable for many different jobs, but of course also in this uh, humanitarian context. Um, which achievements in the last few years would you say you are the most proud of? You're working on so many different uh, and important projects. So uh, can you highlight a couple of achievements or projects in particular that you would like to share with the listeners? Thank you. Um... It always feels uh, feels funny to say that you're proud of something, but um, 
I, I think UN Women has only recently, in recent years, started expanding its coordination mandate into humanitarian action. And I think we, we are doing well at, um, you know, showing our added value in, in that space. Um, and that, you know, we really are advocating uh, for the women and girls affected by crisis. So I think one of the, the, the projects that I'm most proud of is, um, yeah, the project funded by the Central Emergency Response Fund. And it's the biggest um, humanitarian fund that we got in Ethiopia um, for humanitarian programming. Um, and through that, we're trying to yeah, facilitate more availability and meaningful access to um, women and girls who uh, survived gender-based violence and conflict-related sexual violence um, in relation to the Northern Ethiopia conflict. Um, and we work with five um, partners to, to provide these services. Um, so I, I recently visited um, the Amhara region of Ethiopia to, to monitor the implementation and I met with our partners on the ground and I think it was really uh, good to, to move from reading what they're writing in their reports to seeing what they're doing on the ground and one of our, our local women organizations um, that we partner with have opened um, two safe houses in the Amhara region for um, women and girls who have survived G GBV. Um, and they provide a full comprehensive service package, um, you know, including the basics like meals, medical care and counseling, but also, um, you know, more vocational training so that these women can learn new skills, um, as well as livelihood support for women who lost their businesses in the conflict so that they can um, better rehabilitate and reintegrate into their societies um, in a post-conflict situation. Um, so that's something um, I would say, I think we're really seeing the impact of what those services mean um, for the affected women directly. Uh, and then I'm also, um, what I like about the way we work at UN Women is really, um, you know, pursuing the localization agenda and it's, it's fully incorporated in our, in our mandate as well. So uh, this same project we're we're working with three local women's organizations directly um, and 60% of the total project funding is going to these local women's organizations, which, um, you know, exceeds the, the global commitments in the, in the Charter for Change. So I think that's definitely something um, I hope to see more of in, in UN Women's Future Programming, but also across the board. Um, and then at the same time, through one of these partners, we're working with um, a wide a wide number of other local women's organizations operating in these crisis affected regions um, to really strengthen their capacities um, to help them better engage in in the humanitarian coordination and response uh, across the country so I think there's some of the things and then potentially also on the protection of sexual exploitation and abuse we we um, co-chaired the PSCA network in Ethiopia and as the humanitarian situation has worsened in Ethiopia over the last few years, that work has become even more important um, as, as the risks increased. And, you know, um, together with UNFPA and the PSEA coordinator and country, we've been able to establish eight regional networks um, and train over 250 PSEA focal points um, as trainers. So I think that's a great uh, 
achievement and will help mitigate some of the, uh, the risks related to sexual exploitation and abuse. Wow, these are very inspirational. I always feel inspired to hear the concrete examples of different projects happening in the field. And uh, thank you so much for sharing those. Now, what are some of the learning resources that have helped you develop throughout your career so far? Because I think sharing those is very important, um, how people learn, how they approach their career development. So could you maybe uh, share some with us? Absolutely. So um, I was lucky enough to participate in a UN mentoring program uh, when I was uh, still working with OCHA. And, um, you know, when I was thinking about what to do next with my career and how to align my career with um, the passion I had for, for promoting gender equality within the humanitarian setting. Um, so, yeah, mentoring programs, I think, can be really helpful in terms of you know, I had a really, a really good mentor who just helped me think about things differently and helped me, um, you know, develop a bit of an action plan on what I needed to do if that's what I wanted to achieve. Um, and as a result, I, I was able to switch to UN Women uh, and work on gender and humanitarian actions. So I, I definitely reap the benefits of that. And so any mentoring programs, whether it's within the UN system or, or outside, I think can be really helpful uh, at certain parts um, of your career. And then I have also benefited from some internal trainings, um, you know, gender and humanitarian action trainings delivered by UN women, but also um, external resources that are more available to everyone, such as um, courses provided, um, you know, on the Disaster Ready website or on the IASC website. Um, so I think there's a lot, a lot out there. And um, yeah, for me, there's some of the key, the Disaster Ready and the Interagency Standing Committee websites have been um, a really good starting point. And then, of course, if you find something very interesting, it's worth you know, pursuing some some more in-depth trainings on those topics, especially if that's, um, you know, the, the direction you want to steer your career in. Thank you very much. It is very helpful to hear those. And I agree, uh, mentoring and uh, training is always beneficial for anyone in uh, practically any role or position. Uh, I'd like to ask you the last question for today, and that is, um, where would you like to be uh, career-wise in, uh, let's say, the next five years or so? <laughs> That's um, a good question. I really love what I'm doing now, uh, and I know uh, as we are making progress, there is still a lot of work uh, to do to really um, better include the participation of women and you know, include women's voices in, in our humanitarian response. And we have a long way to go until we have achieved uh, full gender equality. So I would love to continue working, uh, on, you know, on issues to, to advance gender um, inequality or advance gender equality. Um, but uh, I've lived in Ethiopia now for three years. Um, so I think I would like to explore opportunities to do that uh, in, in a new context um, at some point in the next five years as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's a good question, but I would like to continue the path that I'm on um, and keep trying to make some small differences to, to at least some women and girls affected by crises. 
Well, thank you very much. I really hope that all of these aspirations of yours can uh, be fulfilled. And thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it was helpful. Yes, absolutely. And thank you to all our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that our conversations will inspire you to keep learning and advancing in your career. If you liked the episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues and make sure to tune in for the next one.